this is Lon Solomon, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. You know, God has blessed us and allowed us to be on hundreds of stations around the nation, declaring the uncompromising truth of His Word. What a wonderful privilege and honor it is to do that. And I want to thank you for your generosity, because only with your help are we able to stay on these stations and hopefully go on more stations with enough giving by our partners and our friends. So go to LonSolomonMinistries.com, and everything there you need to know is on that website. And now, let's get to the Word of God. Well, as we said, it's Mother's Day, and Parents Magazine actually did a survey. They asked men, what do you most like to get your wife for Mother's Day? What do you think the number one answer was? Flowers. Very good. That's exactly right. Then Parents Magazine asked moms, what do you really want from your husband for Mother's Day? Now I can tell you the number one answer was not flowers. What do you think the number one answer was? Lingerie. No, not lingerie. I don't even think that made the list. Um, No, the number one answer was a day off. What do you think, ladies? (laughs) Now, maybe the reason that we as men don't understand this is related to a Mother's Day card that my wife Brenda received uh, a few years ago. Here's what it says. It says, it's Mother's Day. Relax, lie down on the sofa, watch TV, enjoy a drink. Don't do anything around the house today. And then you open it up and it says, in other words, pretend you're dead. (laughs) Now, I take offense at this card. Because I help out a lot around the house. Um... I do. Anyway, all kidding aside, Mother's Day is one of my favorite times to speak to you because it gives me the opportunity to talk to you about a topic that I'm passionate about. I believe that being a mother is the greatest privilege and the greatest honor that God can ever bestow upon a woman. And I realize in saying this that for some of us ladies here, I'm treading on very painful ground. Because there are many ladies here who have been trying for a long time to have children, and so far, they've not been successful. And I know that Mother's Day carries a very special kind of pain for you ladies. Now, I'm not God, ladies, and I can't explain to you exactly why God is making you wait for children. But what I can tell you is that most or many of the most godly women in the Bible... Women like Sarah and Ruth and Hannah and Rachel. God made all of these women wait many long years to have children. And through the long nights and through the unanswered questions and through the tears, God blessed these ladies for their willingness to trust Him even with this long delay. And so what I would like to say is that if you will trust God, just like these great women of the Bible did through your unanswered questions, through the long delay in your life, 
I'm here to tell you God will honor you and bless you just like he did these ladies in the Bible. And my sincere prayer is if you're a lady in this situation, that God will give you the special grace and the special strength you need to trust him the way these great ladies did. Now, for those of us here who are moms and those of us here who are grandmoms, I want to talk to you about what it means to be a godly mom and grandmom. And I want us to use as our model today the life of Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus. You know, I believe as evangelical Christians, we give Mary far too little credit. Mary was a godly woman. Mary was a deeply spiritual woman. Were it otherwise, God would never have chosen her to be the mother of the Lord Jesus. And remember, God did not just choose Mary to be the birth canal for the Lord Jesus. He chose her because he knew she would be a holy and a proper mother for raising and nurturing the incarnate Son of God. And I believe that means that in Mary's life, therefore, we can find lessons, principles about godly motherhood that are appropriate for us to copy today. And I have three of these principles that I would like to pull out of Mary's life and suggest to you ladies this morning. The first one is this. Mary, first of all, as a godly mother, was totally available to God's will in her life. You know, as a young girl, I'm sure Mary's life had gone along fairly smoothly. She grew up as a virtuous young lady. She became engaged to a wonderful young man named Joseph. She was planning her wedding and planning her early married life when all of a sudden God stepped into her affairs and completely redirected everything in her life. Think about it now. The first thing God totally redirected was her engagement. Mary becomes pregnant during her engagement period before she was married. Now in ancient Israel, this was utterly scandalous. And can you imagine how it must have sounded when Mary tried to explain to her friends what was really going on? Can you imagine when she walked up and said, well, I was down drawing water and all of a sudden this angel appears to me and tells me that God is going to make me pregnant. Right. And you know, the ridicule and the disgrace that Mary carried in the nation of Israel stretched out for many, many years when Jesus was a grown man during his public ministry. In John chapter 8, the rabbi said to him, we were not born of fornication like you were. Mary's still suffering reproach years later. Second, God stepped in and totally redirected Mary's early married life. I mean, like any expectant bride, Mary longed for that special time of intimacy with Joseph that is normal during the first months of marriage. But the Bible says, Matthew chapter 1, that Joseph kept Mary a virgin, had no sexual relations with her until she gave birth to her first son. Third, God totally redirected the delivery of her first child. I'm sure that Mary had dreamed about the birth of her first baby happening there in Nazareth in her comfortable little cottage with her mother and all of her friends around holding her hand and giving her support and then taking her little baby and laying it in a handcrafted little wood cradle that her husband Joseph had made. But it wasn't like that, was it? 
No, Mary gave birth in a dirty stable instead of in a sweet little cottage. She gave birth surrounded by animals instead of by family and friends. And she laid that first baby in a dirty old trough, not a handcrafted little cradle. Finally, God totally directed Mary's plans for a tranquil family life. You remember the story, Herod the Great sought to kill the baby Jesus. And so Mary and Joseph and Jesus had to escape to Egypt where they lived for six years in poverty as strangers in a strange land. The point, my friends, is that Mary's plans for her whole life, plans that she had laid out and cherished for years, all of those plans were shattered by the entrance of God's will into her life. And yet, would you please notice the response that Mary makes to all of this? She said, Luke chapter 1, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. I'm the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me according to his word. Mary was so committed to God that she was willing to let God rearrange her entire life if that's what it took for her to be in the center of God's will. To put it another way, Mary was not just available to God so long as God's plans fit into her plans. Mary was available to God even if his plans made scrambled eggs out of her plans, which is exactly what happened. Now, ladies, this kind of availability to God is a central ingredient when it comes to godly motherhood. Just like Mary, every one of you moms here today have your plans for life and your dreams for life. But as a mother, we must temper every one of those plans with the words, Lord willing. A godly mother never lets her personal dreams and plans become so important that she is not willing to joyfully give them up in order to accomplish the will of God in her life. Now, I hope you'll forgive me the personal reference here, but whenever I think of this principle, I can't help but thinking of my wife, Brenda. You know, as Brenda turned 40 years old and as our three boys were becoming teenagers, she had lots of dreams and hopes for how the next 20 years of our marriage were going to go like any mom would have. I mean, Brenda dreamed about traveling more with me because the boys could stay home and take care of themselves. Brenda dreamed about investing more in the lives of younger women. She dreamed about redecorating her home and buying new furniture. And after the boys, you know, had destroyed it all. And um, you understand what I'm saying. But then at age 41, we had Jill when Brenda was 41. A little girl with multiple disabilities, a little girl with severe mental retardation. And all those dreams and plans that Brenda had went right out the window, literally. And you know, I watched in awe as her husband, as this godly woman put it all on the altar for the will of God. I watched as she was willing to let go of all of those plans that she cherished. And instead, as she embraced God's will for her life, even though God's will was full of pain and grief and loss and heartache, I watched as my wife demonstrated an utter availability to God's will that to this day still humbles me and still overwhelms me. Now, ladies, 
Being utterly available to God's will doesn't always involve colossal tragedies. It often happens in the everyday affairs of life. Like when that little gift from God reduces the eight hours sleep you had planned to three hours sleep. God finds out how available you really are to his will. Like when that little person's braces causes your new drapes to evaporate into thin air. God finds out how available you really are to his will. The bottom line is that a godly mother just like Mary is available to God's will without reservation no matter how much it alters her plans and her dreams for her life. Number two, the second principle we see in the life of Mary is Mary was a woman of spiritual depth. And the result of this was that when Jesus began his public ministry at the wedding in Cana, John chapter 2, Mary was there and walked up to the people at the wedding and said, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Now it wasn't his wedding. So why would she say that? Because all of that spiritual mulling over and meditating and pondering and going deep had yielded in her life an understanding of the power and the authority and the character of who Jesus the Messiah was that not a single person in Israel had that kind of understanding at that point. This was a deep woman, a spiritual woman. And the reason that she was a spiritual woman, listen carefully, is not because she was born that way. Mary became a godly spiritual mother because she purposed to be that way. Because she cultivated and took the time to cultivate her relationship with the living God. Ladies, I believe to be a godly mother, a woman must have this same kind of spiritual passion and zeal in her life. She must be a woman of the book. She must be a woman who pursues God in her heart. She must be a woman who meditates on and ponders God's truth. She must be a woman who sinks her roots deeply into God each and every day. I love what Henry Ward Beecher, the great preacher from the Civil War said. He said, and I quote, the mother's heart is the child's classroom. And that's true. And because it's true, that means if we are to train children in our homes right, a mother must have a heart that is spiritual and connected to God. She must be a woman of spiritual depth. Now, how does a woman, a mom, become this kind of person? Well, friends, it's very simple. It's by spending time with God himself alone. It's by spending time in the word of God alone. That's why Psalm 119 verse 104 says, from your word, I gain understanding. The same Psalm, verse 130, says the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And this is why the life verse for every godly mother is Psalm 119, verse 15. I will meditate on your precepts, God, and I will consider your ways. I will delight in your statutes, and I will not neglect your word. Moms, I know when you finally get uh, a moment to breathe at the end of the day, I know you're tired and I know you need a break. But listen, faster than you will ever know, those little children in your home are going to grow up and be gone. 
And you're going to have all kinds of time to relax. In fact, you're going to have more time to relax than you even want. Now, may I stop for a moment and say that if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus in a real and personal way, ladies, may I say to you, you can't cultivate a relationship that you don't have, that doesn't exist. The greatest gift as a mom you could ever give your children, ladies, is not to give them a new car or or beautiful clothes or a great house to live in or a wonderful education or any other creature comforts. The greatest gift a mother can give her children is for her to walk with God, for her to know God and for her to be a deep woman of God. And that can't happen until we give our life to Jesus Christ and establish the relationship. We can't go deep into something we don't own that's not ours. If you're here today and you're a mom and you've never given Jesus Christ your life in a real and personal way, I want to challenge you. Give your child the best gift you could ever give them. Give your life to Christ and walk with Christ and they will grow up to call you blessed, I promise you. Number three and finally, if we look at the life of Mary to find principles of godly motherhood, we find third and finally that Mary was willing to let God have his way with her child regardless of the cost to her as the mother. John 19 says this. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Isn't this interesting? All the disciples except John have run away. The crowds have completely forsaken the Lord Jesus, but not his mother. And there he is, her son, hanging on the cross, bleeding, bruised, rejected by everyone, dying, you have got to be a mother to understand what was going through the heart of Mary, watching her son hang there like that. And yet, friends, Mary had been warned this day was coming when Jesus was a baby. Simeon, at the temple in Jerusalem, Luke chapter 2, warned Mary that because of God's will for her son, he said to her, a sword will pierce your heart too. Now it occurs to me that upon hearing this, Mary could have reacted very easily with a lifelong habit of trying to overprotect Jesus. She could have tried to hinder Jesus from following the God-ordained path for his life. I mean, she could have begged him at the age of 30, please don't leave home. She could have tried to manipulate him with guilt and said to him, hey, you know, Jesus, you know, your father is dead and you're my oldest son and I need to keep you here. You need to take care of me. She could have come up with a whole big number of approaches to try and shield her son from the predicted doom that she knew was coming and from the pain she knew she was going to suffer. But folks, she didn't. No, no. Instead, Mary released her child to God's will and God's plan for his life, even though the cost for her was astronomically high. And why did Mary do this? Very simply, because this is what a godly mom does. A godly mom cherishes for her children only those plans that God himself has for those children. Let me repeat that. A godly mother cherishes for her children only those plans that God himself has for those children, even if the cost of doing that is very high for her. And let's admit, shall we? This is hard. This is hard sometimes. Well, let's summarize. 
Mary's life reveals three principles of being a godly mother. Number one, a total availability to God's will in her life. Number two, a passion for spiritual depth in her life. And number three, a total surrender of her children to the will of God for their lives. Now let me say that many of us here had moms like this growing up. If you did, if you had a mother like this, then I tell you, you are a fortunate human being if you had a mother like this. And if she's living today, I hope you'll call her up or go by and see her and call her name blessed for her to hear it. And if she's with the Lord today, well, I hope you'll go through the day saying, blessed be the name of my mother, even though she's not here with me. When I see her again, that's the first thing I'm going to tell her. Lon told me to tell her that, and I'm going to tell her I was a blessed person because of you, Mom. But you know, I didn't have a mom like that. So I made a decision when I came to Jesus Christ, I didn't have a dad like this either. That even though I didn't have a chain to remain unbroken, if you had a mom like this, my challenge to you is you be a mom like this and keep the chain unbroken in your family. But I didn't have a chain, so I made up my mind when I came to Christ, I was going to start a chain, a new chain. A chain in the Solomon family that would go on for generations, I hoped, that I was going to begin it. And ladies, if you didn't have a mom like this, then I have a piece of advice for you. If you know Jesus Christ, then you start a chain in your family. A chain from one godly mom to the next godly mom to the next godly mom for generations to come. If you know Christ, you can start that chain. And your children will grow up to call you blessed and to teach your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren how to walk with Christ and do the same. That's my challenge to you. And let me say in closing, all you ladies here who have dedicated your lives to being godly moms, I'd like to say in closing that we as your husbands and we as your children, we esteem you today in the highest possible way. We honor you for all that you've done, and we thank God for you from the depths of our hearts. May you have a blessed Mother's Day. Let's pray together. Father, I, I am reminded that the greatest gift you can ever give a human being is to give them a godly mom, a woman who walks with Christ through the difficulties of this world, a woman who demonstrates the nature and the character of God in her heart every single day for her child to study and learn a woman who is available to you like Mary was, and a woman who releases her children and encourages them to find the will of God for their life, even if that's difficult for her. Lord, this is the greatest gift a human being can ever receive from you. And, and for the many women here today who are aspiring to be these kind of women, the many women here today who are investing their lives in being godly mothers and grandmothers, Father, I want to pray that you would communicate to them this morning not just the esteem of their husbands and their children, but, Lord, far more importantly, your esteem for what they are and who they are and your promise of blessing upon their families. Thank you for the verse that says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when they get old, regardless of the bumps in the road, they will not depart from it. Lord, remind the moms here today that what they are doing is not going to return to them void.
but rather, Lord, that their energy and their effort will bear fruit because you've promised that it will. Encourage the moms here today, Lord. Strengthen them and give them enthusiasm about the godly task that you've laid in front of them. May they be faithful to keep the chain unbroken in their families. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. You've been listening to So What with Dr. Lon Solomon. So What is an outreach of Lon Solomon Ministries. To listen to today's message or for more information, visit our website, lonsolomonministries.org. Thank you for your support. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website or call us at 866-788-7770. We hope you will join us next time when Lon seeks to answer one of life's most important questions, so what?